anybody wake me? Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderberg. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. My name is Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. He is John Luckenbaugh, a.k.a. the founder and co-host of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. Hey, John, how are you? Jay, what's good, man? How you doing today? I'm doing just lovely. For those of you spending your first time here with us, thanks for checking us out. We have a whole back catalog you can check out anywhere you listen to podcasts, including wherever you're listening to this podcast. Right now, uh, every Wednesday, we have the latest in the business and tech of podcasting. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Spotify's future. Uh, Chartable has released some numbers on their 2020 year in review. And John, what lesson are you going to teach me today? I think today we're going to look at at least the first part of the evolution of audio. Hmm. Uh, if you want to reach us for any reason, you want to get in touch with us and pick our brains on a one-to-one basis, you can reach me on all the social media channels. You can find Pod Vader. I'm pretty easy. On Twitter, I'm at the real Pod Vader. On LinkedIn, I am Pod Vader there. If you want to reach me via email, nextfanup at gmail.com if you prefer to use more than a limited number of characters. John, how can people get in touch with you? You can reach us through the website, which is queuedup.com. That's qd-up.com or through email info at queuedup.com or through any of our social channels. All right, let's jump into some of the business topics that I have here today. And the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Apple. So it's only appropriate that we give Spotify equal play, right? Not exactly the way it works. It just happens to be that uh, CEO Daniel Eck had held his uh, quarterly earnings call based on the fourth quarter of the earnings for Spotify. And there's lots of good stuff in there about podcasting. Uh, That's one of the things I like about these publicly traded companies, John, is when they do their earnings calls, they have to talk about the business that they're in, which gives you a lot of good background information as to what is sort of the plan for the future when it comes to podcasting in specific, and especially here at Spotify. You also get great numbers like this, that a quarter of Spotify users are now listening to podcasts. But I want you to follow this math if you if you don't mind, John, All right, because right, this right. is going to be kind of crazy. Monthly active users of Spotify grew 27% during the fourth quarter, up to 345 million people. Spotify reported growing number of users are listening to podcasts in the fourth quarter. That was one in four. That was up 22% during the third quarter. Now, I'm reading this article from InsideRadio.com. I don't know if it's just bad writing or or what, but the way that I'm reading this is that 25% of Spotify users listening to podcasts. So that would be 25% of 345 million. But that 25% number is up 22% from the third quarter, which means 22% less of the 25% were listening to podcasts in the third quarter. Did that make any sense? So it grew twice over the last six months? Is, Is that kind of what you're getting? Basically, what I'm getting at is... When you get a percentage, that means the actual number is not that sexy enough. Uh, you have mentioned that before. If a quarter of 345 million, which I can't do that math off the top of my head because I went to Emerson College. <laughs> so like 100 million. That's 100 million. What I'm saying is 100 million people less 22%. So 22% less than 100 million were listening to podcasts in the third quarter. That's the way I'm reading that this was written. Not that 22% of all Spotify subscribers were listening to podcasts in the third quarter, which is what I think they meant to write. And now it's up to 25%, meaning the growth was only 3%. 3%. <laughs> Not that the growth was 22% from the fourth quarter. Now, if they did mean that the growth was 22%, that sort of 
that gets to my point of the actual number is not very sexy. To further highlight how unsexy this number is, the hours spent consuming podcasts on Spotify was twice that of a year earlier. So 25%, one fourth of the users on Spotify account for twice the amount of listening that they did a year ago. Wrap your mind around that math. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's hard. It's really, really hard when you start talking, when you start just throwing numbers out there and trying to make the numbers seem sexy, when in actuality, the number's not all that sexy at all. So your consumers doubled their listening over the last year. But only a quarter of your subscribers are actually listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you see where I'm going with that. The audience on Spotify is not, I mean, it's sizable. Listen, we're still talking about 100 million people. Right. It's not anything to sneeze at. I wish I had 100 million people listening to me. That would be fantastic. But that's just not the case. Now, let's really wrap your mind around this. Now, remember what we just said about the the size of the audience on Spotify. There are a lot more podcasts available on Spotify. According to Spotify, they now have 2.2 million podcasts on the platform, up from more than 1.9 million podcasts in quarter three. They've tripled the number of podcasts on their platform based on last year, when in quarter four, they only had 700,000 podcasts last year. So you've more than tripled the number of podcasts, but you've only increased the number of people listening by 25%. And those people account for twice the amount of listening that they did last year, even though you tripled the number of podcasts available. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's really interesting to really break all this down. Now, Joe Rogan became exclusive to Spotify in December. And by the way, I think I mentioned that when you go and you listen to the feed and they and they recite all the numbers that they have now in regards to the listening apps and where listening is available, Joe Rogan accounted for a lot of the listening on Lipson's platform. Right, right. And really affected the percentages of listening that Lipson reported on a monthly basis. Daniel said in the earnings call, quote, while it remains early days, we are very encouraged by the performance of this content since its arrival on our platform, as it has stimulated new user additions, activated first-time podcast listeners, and driven favorable engagement trends, including vodcast consumption. Again, there's no way to put a number on this because he's talking about all of quarter four and Joe Rogan just became part of the platform exclusively in December. You could give a number, but that number is going to be even less sexy than the numbers that I've been mentioning already when it comes to Spotify. Just based on the numbers that I said, you can under, you can go back. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Citibank saying that you should not be buying Spotify right now. Spotify is not a good investment. I think you can see where Citibank is starting to look at some of these numbers and starting to say, Hey, two plus two is not equaling four. It's actually equaling one and two plus two equaling one is not, that's not what we signed up for. We actually wanted two plus two to equal eight. And it's not even equaling four. It's equaling less than four. That's an excellent point. Uh, now, their advertising has grown. Total revenue in advertising grew 17% during the fourth quarter compared to a year ago. That's very interesting. Remember, all advertising took a dip when COVID first struck in March. But definitely audio places, especially podcasting, came back with a vengeance because all the advertisers realized where the earbuds were. Similarly, I can relate this as I do an NFL podcast. I might have talked about it once or twice on this particular podcast. Uh, and, and we're getting ready to do our Super Bowl coverage this year in regards to advertising will be the first time in many, many years there will not be a Budweiser ad, a Coca-Cola ad, or a Pepsi ad during the Super Bowl. Now, Pepsi sort of gets a little pass because they're an official sponsor of the NFL already, and they are sponsoring the halftime show. But you will not see a Budweiser or a Coca-Cola ad during the Super Bowl this year, which I also think is strange because based on COVID, I think this could be the most viewed Super Bowl in history because people aren't gathering together at parties or going out to bars and watching them in one singular place. They're all going to be at home as individuals. So I think it's interesting that they've they've pulled their advertising 
based on that. The other thing that I think is interesting is the companies that will be advertising during the Super Bowl are companies like Uber Eats, Amazon. I'm trying to remember there was another one that are basically all internet companies right. that have found an audience based on the way that COVID has changed our lives as human beings. That makes sense. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I can understand why advertising would be growing in podcasting like gangbusters. Now the question is, how do we get that advertising dollars from that top 1% and trickle it down through the 99% of podcasters that are all under that magic 10,000 listeners per episode number? He talked a little bit about, during his earnings call, some of their rivals in regards to Apple and Amazon. Amazon has that deal, which is still pending, on purchasing Wondery. And then Apple has made some moves recently uh, that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks to try and and maintain their spot in the uh, podcasting ecosphere as the number one listening app. And Spotify, of course, will continue to make moves to move forward. However, they probably won't be making many other acquisitions in this coming year, which again, I think makes sense. And we're going to get into some of the chartable numbers. Really aren't a lot of other companies out there to make an acquisition that will make a big change in your overall numbers, especially based on where Spotify is currently in regards to that. He also talked a little bit about Anchor during his earnings call. They believe that it is going to, and this is from his quote, be a very meaningful way for podcasters to monetize through the platform, which I think is going to be interesting if Spotify decides to plant the money tree and allow individual independent podcasters to monetize their content through Spotify, uh, that will be very good. Now, I will tell you, just be very cautious. And I would look at the way that Spotify has helped, quote unquote, helped musicians earn money from being on their platform on Spotify. Looking at these numbers and going through this article, does it change your opinion on, on Spotify within the industry itself, within podcasting? No, I mean, I already feel like Spotify, Spotify is here to stay. Spotify is definitely going to be a contender for that number one listening platform in podcasting. But I'm also with Evo Terra on eventually everything is going to even out and there won't be a number one. It's going to be like, do you prefer Pepsi or Coke? Well, it's really which one is on sale that week, right? To me, it's do you prefer to go to Target or Walmart? No, they're both the same. They both offer pretty much the same things. It's what's on sale at that particular store in that particular week. That's sort of where the exclusives go. Well, which platform has the exclusive that I'm really interested in? Oh, Spotify has Joe Rogan. Apple doesn't have an exclusive yet. I'm sure that's probably going to change at some point down the road. I don't have a problem switching between both apps. As a matter of fact, there's a podcast that I can't listen to on Spotify that I can still currently listen to on Apple. And so I listen to that particular podcast on Apple, but I listen to a majority of my other podcasts through Spotify uh, as I've just gotten into the habit of, of how to make that work for me and my lifestyle. I think Spotify has a ways to make things profitable for them, but they're just not at that point yet. And I don't think the industry is at that point yet. It's real right now. We are still in an educate people phase. We need to get more people listening to podcasts. Having only one quarter of the number of subscribers that you have to your platform listening to podcasts is not enough for Spotify. They need to have like 75% of their audience listening to podcasts for it to be profitable for them. Or are they more of a, a music streaming company? Well, I think that was a little bit about what Citibank had said based on the strategy of what Spotify was throwing out there. The idea is, of course, if we add more podcasts, then people will come and listen to more podcasts versus listening to the music, and we don't have to pay the fees for the music on our platform. That doesn't seem to be happening here. Even just based on the fact that one quarter of your listening platform accounted for twice the amount of listening growth on your platform or tripled the number of podcasts that you had available, twice of the listening amount was due to a quarter. Anyway, there you go. I'm throwing numbers out there again. Uh, They're just meant to confuse you. 
because they're not sexy numbers. Those percentages are, though. If you look at those percentages, you're like, wow, but well, that's a big number. But it doesn't mean anything in that. No. Which sort of brings us to our next numbers report, thanks to Chartable. Uh, Chartable released uh, on their blog uh, their sort of 2020, well, they've labeled it 2021 trends and predictions. But it's really a look back at what they saw happen in 2020 in regards to podcasting. Now, I have said before, I'm very leery of the numbers that Chartable presents just based off of my own podcast, where they've told me I have three times the number of listeners that my host says that I have to my podcast. And mind you, both Chartable and my host, uh, Spreaker, are both IAB certified, not compliant. They've both gone through the IAB certification, uh, which also makes me question IAB certification. But that's a story for another day. So with that caveat, I will still present to you the chartable numbers for 2020, who say that the IAB has reported a 15% increase in podcast ad revenue for the podcasting industry, that downloads measured by chartable are up 180%. From a report from Magellan, there are 160 new advertisers per week. I do question that. number. Like, I don't hear 160 new ads. Now, Yes, I might be listening to the same podcast, so I might not be hearing 160 new advertisers every week, but that seems like a lot. And then around the globe, 17,000 new podcasts are added per week. And we'll get into that a little bit more with uh, the numbers from Daniel J. Lewis, the podcast industry insights on new podcasts in Apple. So that's some of the key numbers when we look at 2020 in the rearview mirror from Chartable, where we've really seen the growth is the number of new podcasts that were added in 2020. And again, we'll get into this when we talk about the Apple numbers. But according to Chartable, this is the biggest growth of podcasting over the last five years that we've seen. I mean, it's amazing. 885,262 New podcasts were added in 2020. In 2019, only 318,517 new podcasts were added. So you can see huge, huge growth in the total number of new podcasts year to year. I mean, five years ago, there was only 51,144 new podcasts added in 2015. This is crazy, Jay. Just seeing the, it says here 280% and it tripled over the last year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you want to throw out a percentage number, you could throw out a percentage number here, except the actual number is, is really that sexy too. Yeah. <laughs> New podcast growth by language from 2019 to 2020. The English language is the smallest in terms of overall growth at 1.9 times. The largest was Hindi at 14.1 times, and then Chinese 8.4 times. Again, this would be one where I would point to the actual number, probably not as sexy as the percentage number, because it makes sense to me that the lowest growth is going to be the English language, right. as the English language is where most podcasting is taking place. Whereas some of these other countries, Hindi, obviously India, Chinese, China, Portuguese is in a number of different places. Indonesian, Spanish language, Japanese, Turkish, Italian, Dutch, German, Russian, French, and some of these European countries don't have the same growth as some of those other uh, countries did. If you go from one to three, you have three times growth. If you go from one to 14, you have 14 times growth. I'm not saying that that's the actual number in regards to growth of podcasting in India, but India's podcasting ecosphere is not quite as large as that in the United States or in Europe. Yeah, that makes sense. By the way, English could also obviously encompass the United Kingdom and Australia, where Australia is also very big in podcasting. And they have a large podcasting culture. Now, new podcasts by genre. I think this is no surprise that the largest growth by genre in 2020 was education. It doesn't surprise me at all. We, we, when you have a, 
a pandemic that forces everybody at home, what's an easy way to get more education in, in the earbuds of our children? Oh, podcasting. <laughs> Comedy showed a uh, medium-sized growth. Leisure was the, was the smallest genre shown here. Obviously, there are other genres that aren't even listed on this chart that would be even smaller growth. I could tell you as a sports podcaster, <laughs> in the way that COVID affected sports, I would be very surprised if sports wasn't dead last, if not very close to the bottom in regards to growth. Now, the number of listeners that has increased, and uh, we start by country, again, it's no surprise to me that the United States is the smallest growth country at 1.9 times. Turkey uh, is the largest at 5.2 times, followed by Italy at 4.7. Peru at 3.8, Bangladesh and China, and we'll throw Colombia in there too. 3.3 times, Colombia was at 3.2 times. This sort of chart doesn't surprise me. This this would be, to me, expected. <laughs> uh, United States would be the smallest growth. Every place else will be larger, and in places where podcasting wasn't even thought of, such as Turkey or China or any of these other countries, you're going to see the largest possible growth. What it does show is the opportunity for companies to perhaps benefit from the lessons we've learned and how to grow podcasting in the United States to now grow podcasting in these other areas. So if you are a Hindi-speaking Turkish podcaster, like there's a huge opportunity for you right now. All right, so their next chart uh, on their list is the share of unique podcast devices and specifically sort of the growth of Spotify here uh, versus the downward slide for Apple in percentage points. And I would just caution that these numbers do not match up with what the hosting companies say in regards to listening on the different platforms. But it's still an interesting point to look at because Chartable does sort of chart the listening on all platforms, saying that Apple Podcasts fell year to year from 42.72% to 37.77%. Spotify grew from 19.89% to 25.53%. Everybody else is below 5%. iHeartRadio shown some growth from 1.96% to 3.81%. They're showing everybody else besides Spotify and iHeart as actually decreasing over the year i've asked this question and it's not an easy question to answer but i often wonder how much of our total listening has actually increased in the podcasting sphere and how much has just been stolen how much of spotify's growth is the result of people not listening on apple and some of these other podcast apps that they show have a decline how much are those people jumping over to the Spotify app. There is actual growth in podcast listening. Edison Research will release that, and you can now sign up to catch the Share of Ear webinar coming in March, uh, which I will be all over, and this podcast will be all over those numbers when those numbers become available. I find these types of things interesting. I look at these numbers, and the cynic in me immediately says, well, these other platforms have grown. These other platforms have lost listeners. Those lost listeners are going to the platform that's growing. But that's the cynic in me. Chartable has also uh, released a chart <laughs> on the audio acquisitions from 2018 to the present, starting with uh, Pandora acquiring AdsWiz and then SiriusXM acquiring Pandora back in 2018. I don't know if this is the end-all, be-all list, but it is a good list to look at uh, in regards to some of the key acquisitions in the podcasting space from 2018 to now. And it does show sort of where is the next acquisition going to come from, which we'll get to in a chart coming up uh, right now, because they've also charted podcasts reaching the Apple Podcast Top 200 chart in 2020. Well, who was the hosting provider for those particular podcasts? The number one platform 
for a top 200 Apple podcast was Megaphone, which had 542 of their podcasts end up in the Apple podcast top 200 chart. Lipson was number two with 206. Omni, Triton was next at 178. Art 19, 176. And then uh, there are all the other places, including other. Other accounts for 19, 19 of them. Wow. <laughs> 19 podcasts in the top 200. We talked about the Apple Podcast charts last just last week and understanding what the Apple Podcast top 200 actually signifies. Does that really mean anything in regards to, oh, if I want to be a top podcast, I should be on Megaphone because they had the most podcasts in the top 200? Nope. No. That's not what that, not, not at all what this means. This just means that Megaphone had the most new podcasts that added the most new subscribers in any given week. That's what this, that's what the Apple podcast top 200 chart actually signifies. Total number of new subscribers over the course. Of, I actually think it's over the course of 14 days, but I mean, we can get into that again. Go back and check out understanding the Apple podcast numbers. But when it comes to acquiring a top hosting platform, well, Megaphone's already been acquired by Spotify. Libsyn is a publicly traded company. Omni, Triton, they're basically together. Triton Digital Scripts acquired Omni Studio. By the way, Omni, very popular based on their relationship with Triton with all of the big broadcasting companies in the United States. Art19 is still currently independent. Uh, there are rumors that Amazon is the number one place for them to be acquired. Simplecast was just acquired by SiriusXM, who also acquired Stitcher and Pandora. Anchor is obviously owned by Spotify. So you can see sort of Art19, Simplecast, Anchor, self-hosted, maybe Acast. I mean, as you keep going down this list, the slice of the pie gets smaller and smaller. Libsyn is really the biggest out there available to acquire. And since they are a publicly traded company, that makes them probably the most expensive acquisition. Again, I don't know how the stock market works. You can't ask me what's going on with the GameStop stock. I have no idea. I don't <laughs> understand any of what's going on there. But from my minimal understanding of it, I believe it would cost you quite a bit to try and acquire Libsyn as your company, whereas Art19 is privately owned, uh, making it a little bit easier to do. They tried to lump this in by corporate ownership. So where there were acquisitions, the podcasts that reach the top 200 in 2020, saying that the independent podcasters were number one, but number two are Spotify. So the most podcasts in the the second most podcasts in the top 200 on Apple podcasts were Spotify owned podcasts. Interesting. I think it's just funny to say. And by the way, that would mean that means they're most likely the Gimlet podcasts is what that's really referring to when they talk about combining everything by corporate ownership. And then there's another chart here talking about US top podcasts in the top 20. There were 279 total podcasts that showed up in the Apple Podcasts in the top 20 of the top 200 charts. And again, this is only counting really the number of new subscribers on any given week. Amazon is number one with 20 shows. And again, that means Wondery. Entercom comes in number two at 18, iHeartMedia at 17, Spotify at 15, and NPR at 13. This is the number of new subscribers to your show on Apple Podcasts. That's what the Apple Podcast chart is actually charting. The numbers are interesting to look at and certainly interesting to talk about. And you can make your own inferences as to what the numbers actually mean. But it doesn't mean that Amazon is the number one place for podcasts because they had the most podcasts in the top 20. It means Amazon podcasts were great at acquiring new subscribers at a bigger clip because they had 20 shows that were able to acquire more subscribers than any of the other, you know, than most other podcasts out there. 
because they were in the top 20. Still a big number to be in the top 20 of new subscribers. But I do wonder, what is the actual number of new subscribers on any given week? That is a number that Apple is not sharing. And I don't think it's a number that you can get from a podcast industry insights from Daniel J. Lewis. I don't think you can get that. John, anything else stand out to you with these chartable numbers? Yeah, actually, there's a stat here that shows that there was almost two podcasts started every minute throughout the entire year. That's just kind of mind-blowing that every minute there was two podcasts started. Every time bell rang, an angel got its wings and a podcast. Two podcasts. Two podcasts. <laughs> on average, the number of shows an advertiser appeared on increased from 3.6 in January to 6.2 in November. That's a nice number. Crazy to see the growth in chart form. That's a really good number. I'm glad I went back and looked over some of the written parts, not just the pretty charts that Chartable offered, because that does show some of the trickle down, right? If only the top, as of now, it's really, you know, there's been plenty of articles about the top 1% of podcasts are the only ones that are actually making any money. It's not 100% accurate, but it's pretty close. To see that the number of shows advertisers are buying, increasing, basically almost doubling, is encouraging. Now they just need to keep trickling that money down, get to those smaller podcasts, find a way to get that advertising message and boost up those smaller independent podcasts that have a smaller audience that's still engaged and wants to buy your brand. You know, I've heard Todd Cochran say this. Numerous times, the smaller audiences can sometimes be more valuable than the larger audiences because they're much more engaged with the host and thus that much more engaged with the advertising that that host is talking about. We'll be talking about advertising and lots of things coming up. Uh, Brian Barletta of the Sounds Profitable uh, newsletter and podcast will be a guest on this particular show. And we're going to talk to him about dynamic ad insertion and advertising and podcasting and different things around there. I had an interesting offline conversation with him because he was promoting the use of the phrases, uh, we're going to take a break and we're back, which are two phrases I never, ever, ever, ever want to hear, not only in podcasting, but we really shouldn't be hearing them in radio or on television either uh, because no one's taking a break. And if they are, especially in podcasting, they're not coming back. Maybe on TV, people will actually take a break. Although these days, if you're like me, you're recording all of your episodes and then you're fast forwarding through the commercials. Yep. That's all I've got for you this week. John, I think you have something to teach me. So there are several models of audio content. And I've mentioned several times now about the intriguing possibilities of audio going through the future here. There are some new branches of audio, such as social interactive and pre-recorded at queued up we are engaging in some interesting partnerships right now in some of those spaces i'd like to take a more in-depth assessment of that evolution of audio some of those newer models of audio jay all right this rapidly growing audio market more specifically for this episode let's get into the social audio so social audio i'm looking at clubhouse chalk locker room even Discord could be lumped into that. How can that fit with older models of audio content, such as podcasts, audiobooks, internet radio, and your overall marketing strategy for your brand? Audio has become ubiquitous, commanding our lights on, off, asking Google the weather forecast or the latest Super Bowl line to listen to podcasts. I foresee that audio over the next couple of years will rival what we've seen from video in the recent past. Looking at audio through the user experience, there are a lot of similarities to video. And one, it can provide an experience that can be enjoyed hours at a time. Two, it lends itself well to fiction, nonfiction, and many other categories. Three, it can be easily created even by our phones. And four, it can be used in a professional setting, as podcasts have shown 
the power of high quality and edited content. What is social audio, John? It's real-time voice conversations with social features. So much like podcasting, it has seen a huge increase in use during the pandemic with users searching for a way to have real-time conversations. Think those with Zoom fatigue. So, or wanting more of an experience than just sending a text with the, with the, those, whatever those images called it. <laughs> Emojis. Emojis, yes. So, why social audio? So, much for the same reason as why to podcast. It's readily available through smartphones and apps. The desire for human connection and audio always presents the perfect medium in which to engage because you can do it anywhere, anytime. And while doing anything, unlike the usual social media that highlights travels, luxuries, skills, your latest meals, or air quotes again, false media, audio is different because it's personal. It highlights a different kind of content that can often feel deeper and more interesting. When you listen to an interview podcast, you can begin to have a better understanding of how they think. Listening to an audiobook memoir, you start to feel an emotional connection with the author. Likewise, a social conversation on, for example, Clubhouse with the unedited, sometimes awkward conversations gives you the exact feeling of a normal conversation. Just to tag on with Clubhouse here for, for a quick second, you know, Clubhouse is experiencing this explosion in, in popularity. It is. I, I sort of liken it to the shiny new tool. So podcasters have been doing podcasting now, uh, well, for some of us, oh, 15 years plus. You know, now there's this new shiny new toy to play with. And so there's a certain group of podcasters that are certainly taking advantage of using Clubhouse. Do I think Clubhouse is the next evolution of podcasting? No, I don't. Do I think that it's something that can be used in conjunction with your podcast? I do. Yes. Do I think it will be effective in doing so? Uh, let's just say time will tell. It's probably the best way to put it. Uh, because I do think that, you know, as we've discussed on this podcast and offline, there are certain things that we do from a marketing standpoint that we see big engagement with, but not necessarily growth in our podcasts with. Right. And so I would warn. Clubhouse will have a similar effect for your podcast. You can go on and use it to engage with your audience in a different manner than you do with your podcast, but understand that that may not necessarily equate to a larger number of people listening to your podcast. Right. Absolutely. It's just another avenue to increase your exposure and increase your brand awareness. There's several ways that it can be integrated such as with voice experiences and using voice assistance. We can get into more in-depth in that in a, in a future episode. But for example, you can create live voice conversations that can be embedded everywhere. So including web pages, games, articles, and why not podcasts? For example, using APIs, these social audio conversations can be available to someone searching for an article on how to start a podcast, then choosing to listen to the experts discussing that content in real time or hear opinions recorded from trusted sources. Users then can interact by using their voice and or leaving messages. It's not here to replace podcasting, but I still think it's a useful tool to add with your podcasting, especially if you're a brand or a corporation that is trying to reach an audience. There's a lot of time involved in a podcast, and there's a lot of time involved in Clubhouse. I'm a married man with two kids who have numerous activities of their own that as a good parent, I like to try and support my children in doing. I don't have a lot of extra time if I'm accurately promoting my podcast on other social media channels and interacting and engaging with my audience on those other social media channels to interact and engage with them on an audio social channel. My goodness. I can understand that too. What, what, what's going on here? I know someone that you can call, Jay, for that help. <laughs> hmm. I wonder who you could be referencing. I think there's this awesome company, Queued Up. You can find us on queuedup.com. 
<laughs> We'd oh. be happy to help and alleviate some of that time so you can have it for your family. But where does this integrate with podcasts? To me, podcasting only scratches the surface. In podcasting, there is your network of creators and listeners already. But there's so much opportunity to go even further down that rabbit hole. And these conversations can be republished as podcasts the same way you republish your your blogs as a podcast or vice versa. These new podcasts would be a unique experience because most audiobooks and podcasts are a one-way in nature. And audio can create emotion, and you'll be able to see that with the emergence of these platforms that provide user-generated content with the live conversations and other social interactions. Trust me, as a former radio broadcaster, I get the you know, the desire to be live and have live interactions and get that live feedback from an audience by doing live audio. At the same time, what I think makes a podcast unique is you can still have that engaging experience with an audience that's not necessarily live. That's what I've found most fascinating about podcasting over all these years is that that same infatuation, that may not be the right word that I'm looking <laughs> for, has existed with podcasting as has existed with radio broadcasting. And to me, podcasters that do live, they have to understand, one, you will always find a larger audience on demand than you will finding trying to set a scheduled time for anything. Right. That's just, that's just simple fact. But two, understanding that you do take away any sort of potential podcasting revenue by doing a live broadcast first, because obviously the audience that is interacting with you live has no reason to interact with you on your recorded version. So, and to make that unique in some way, yes, there are ways to do it. They are going to be a little bit more time consuming. We've talked about narrative podcasts, for instance, on this particular podcast. That would be a way to have an interactive group on, say, Clubhouse talking about a topic, reusing that portions of that conversation for a narrative style podcast that you're building out down the road. So there are definite uses there and definite ways to make all of it work in concert and to take that live audience and give them a reason to listen to your recorded stuff. But if you just take the live show and you just make it into a podcast, you're giving, you're not giving that audience to double, to doubly engage with you is the best way to put it. That's exactly right, Jay. And by the way, that was free consulting for all you radio broadcasters out there. You're welcome. So what would it look like then in a business model for content creation? I think in the ad-driven world, I don't know how you feel, Jay, but I mean, I do know how you feel, <laughs> but <laughs> but creators generally don't monetize their audience enough. And the same trend will happen through the social audio, just like you pointed out. Why would you want to listen to the same live audio as a podcast when you, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity to open up that Patreon account or the member full account. You could do it in a number of different ways. You could either, you can either charge a membership fee to listen to the live version of the podcast, which could be an hour to two hours long, but then it's a free version with ads Mm -hmm. supporting it. And it's the best of, so it's, it's edited down to only a half an hour long podcast. You always are looking for ways to try and diversify your revenue. Exactly. Because if you're only going in on advertising, well, something like COVID comes along, you can see that advertising can dry up rather quickly. Now it can come back rather quickly right. too, but you never want to see a pause in your revenue. Of course, diversifying your revenue makes the most sense. Having a subscription-based model with an advertising-supported model, with a merchandising model, with all of these other different things that you can do to help monetize the way that you are presenting content is what is in your best interest at all times. Never go all in on one way and say, 
there's no room for any other way of monetizing. That's Absolutely. just not, that's just being stupid. <laughs> One thing is for sure, Jay, technology has always been pushed forward by the needs of consumers. Look at telegraph, printing press, phones. I think audio is sitting right there in the intersection of need and innovation again. And the demand of audio in the form of podcasts and audiobooks, the rise of creators, and that you don't need a fancy mic or studio setup to participate in this audio experience. It's really, really awesome and fascinating to be involved in this industry. I mean, I'd like to get into several other models of audio content in future episodes. We have some other cool guests lined up in these areas that can also provide some interesting perspectives on these emerging models. We are all excited to see where these further innovations and opportunities for these audio-first products will go beyond passive listening. And offering services to help support all of those future (laughs) audio platforms as they continue to grow. Uh, All right, John. Well, it's the end of the month. I do believe it's that time to look at the Apple podcast stats as provided to us by Daniel J. Lewis. Podcastindustryinsights.com is the website. At the end of January, John, what was the total number of podcasts in Apple Podcasts? 1,830,790 podcasts. That is up from December. 1,750,085. Now, I went to Emerson, and I already mentioned that my math is bad, but to me... That leads me to believe that sometime in March is when we'll cross the 2 million mark. Which, if you look back at last March, we were at 959,452. So, using that bad math, we doubled in just under a year. John, I don't remember you at Emerson College. What are you talking about? You're, ba- you're not supposed to have bad math. Only one of us is allowed to have bad math here. <laughs> Yes. So we'll have doubled the number, total number of podcasts in a year that took us a full 15 years to get to in the first place. <laughs> wow. That's pretty impressive. That's what a pandemic will do for you when you're talking about audio <laughs> and, and growing audio in a fast way. It really is just amazing to see all of these numbers and how they've actually happened. You know, as we look back at January, the total month of January, Over 100,000 new podcasts were added in the last 30 days. Really, the number that were removed, very small, only 6,728. So not as much coming out lately as been going in. The last couple months have been like that. From last February through October, it was over 10,000 each each month. And the last three months have only been 4,000, 3,000. We sort of monitor the number of active versus inactive podcasts. Currently, 38.5% of the podcasts are active. Again, uh, active is defined as having published at least one episode in the last 90 days. Inactive is any podcast that has not published an episode in the same time. Inactive doesn't necessarily mean it's a dead show because uh, that could also, this inactive number also obviously includes shows that have come to a natural end, such as Serial. We were talking before we started recording, John, about the total number of available episodes and sort of an interesting number that I saw on the chart when it came to the number of four to five episodes available. Now, knowing that the most common release period for any podcast is once a week to see that the number of four to five episodes available by a podcast being at almost 10% shows to me there's a lot more serious podcasters that have been added here in the last month of podcasting. It'll be interesting to see how that goes over the next couple of months. Maybe it was all those people with the New Year's resolution to start a podcast and going strong for the first month of the year. And that's <laughs> wondering how, how that's going to look in the next couple months. It is interesting to note that the number of podcasts with three episodes 
goes back down to 6.75%. And the number of podcasts with two episodes is at 10.49%, which is a loss of 15% from the number of podcasts with only one episode. Again, circles back to what Daniel J. Lewis told us a couple of episodes ago on this very podcast, that really the number to look at is the 10 plus episodes, uh, which is currently standing at 37.21% of podcasts in the Apple Podcast app. And that's still the only, in the 90-day activity by episodes, the 10 plus is still the only one that has more active than inactive. It's fun times. Lots of new podcasts being added to the Apple Podcast charts. Lots of new articles being written about answering the why, which I love reading. Why is your podcast unique? Uh, was another one that I saw just this morning uh, before I started the podcast. Lots of good conversations around podcasting. I highly recommend that you check them all out. Don't just listen to us. Listen to everybody. Uh, I've always been, here's, here's, the, here's the one thing you're going to learn about me and my philosophy in life. Get as many different perspectives as you can on anything, on anything in life, and you'll find a, a more clear path to what the true answer really is. That goes with politics, too. Just, I don't want to make it a political thing, but I'm just saying. Get as many different perspectives from all sides, and you'll come closer to what the real answer really is. In any case, jump, not too far. Sidetrack us too much there. I completely agree, Jay. One thousand <laughs> percent. Wow. Where can people find you if they're looking for, you know, some help to free up some time to spend with their families? You can find us on our website, qdup.com, qd up.com, by email info at qdup.com. And we have uh accounts on all the main social channels. So feel free to subscribe and, and like us and follow us and um, see all the cool content that we're producing. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm not necessarily going to free you up for any free time with your family. I'm actually probably going to convince you that you need to spend even less time with them. <laughs> uh, you can reach out to me on all the social media channels at the real pod Vader on Twitter. My DMS are open. That's a real easy way to get in touch with me. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, pod Vader on LinkedIn. I'm real easy to find pod Vader is a very easily, easily searchable term. Uh, for everyone to find me. And uh, if you prefer an email, nextfanup at gmail.com. That's the email to my little football show that I do. Uh, so I'll talk football with you as well, but um, it's the easiest way to get in touch with me in that manner. All right, John, another queued up podcast on podcasting in the books. It's been a, it's been a fun time, my friend. And I look forward to having more in-depth conversations on all the different social audio channels and the evolution of audio as we move forward and guests galore coming up here my goodness we've i gotta tell you not to make this podcast any longer but i gotta tell you folks we have a litany of guests coming up on this particular podcast which we are very excited about we're very excited some people have that have reached out directly to us some people that we've reached out directly to them and they're more than happy to come on and talk about podcasting and we're more than happy to share those conversations with you. So uh, be sure to tell all your podcasting friends about the queued up podcast on podcasting because we've got more than 10 plus episodes now <laughs> in the bag. We're not going anywhere for quite some time. Uh, and I'm really excited about the podcasting space and sharing what our knowledge of the podcasting space with you every week, every Wednesday, a new episode for you. Make sure you subscribe or follow for John on Pod Vader. There you have it.